Now here's a brief moment on another great podcast from the Osiris Network. All of our podcasts can be found at OsirisPod.com. I'm Gary. I'm Sean. And I'm Brad. And together we cast a pod known as Which Which is is Better? You guys ever wonder which is better? Well, wonder no more. Join us as we tackle the topics. We seek understanding. And we settle the debate on all the subjects you care about. DC versus Marvel. Prince versus Michael Jackson. Liberals versus conservatives. King Kong versus Godzilla. Bruce Lee versus Jackie Chan. Science versus religion. And many more. That's us. Which Which is better? Which is better? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Female Centrics. We are the first female-hosted fish community podcast, and we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network. So uh, today we are coming at you again from the middle of this pandemic, which we were the last time as well. And uh, hopefully the next time around, we won't be coming at you from the middle of the pandemic. But um, but we are going to continue to keep rolling through this and bring you as much joy and love as we possibly can through this and uh, connect with people in the community. So today we're going to be speaking with Roger Patterson, who is part of the, a big part of the fellowship, which is the group of people that are I wouldn't say represent AA at all, I guess separate from that, but um, part of the group to help people with being sober at shows and whatnot. I'm probably killing the the intro to that one. but And he's also uh, able to be a photographer for Fish as well. So we're going to be speaking with him. and But I'm going to bring in our co-host today, which is Jenny Lamberto. Jenny was with us when we spoke about the Fall the Providence shows, because I stayed with her in Providence. So welcome, Jenny. Hello. Thank you. How you doing today? Good. I'm amazing. I'm, um, it's really, really nice down in Florida. So I've been spending the day walking around a lot, sitting in the sun. It's been awesome. Mm. Really good right now. Not too hot, like perfectly (laughs) perfect summer. No. Yeah. 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 It's like 80 degrees and like not a cloud in the sky and so nice. Mm-hmm. Dry well, out and they beautiful. They've opened up the beaches. You're not near the beaches, though, right? Are you? I'm an hour from the beaches. They mm-hmm. haven't opened up our beaches. Okay, but they've opened up. I believe like Jacksonville, which is a little bit farther from me. Sure, but ours will will come probably in like I think like the next couple of weeks. Ours will open up. Yeah, yeah. Now, and and generally speaking, have people been? Uh paying attention and wearing masks and and whatnot there and yes 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 it has been good yeah yes totally yeah we're we've had um our state has we've been quarantined the last month or so Mm -hmm. and um you know i think it's working because they we have like hardly any cases in our area which Mm -hmm. is great well and i'm wondering we have a lot of a lot of older people yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I was wondering about how they say they feel like this is we're going to see this uh, in a decline for the summer and that whether mm-hmm. or not that makes a difference in the warmer, warmer states or warmer regions of the yes. world or not. You know, I think yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, a friend of mine is a physician and they were saying that um, they think that like the warm weather and the sunshine is really like good for um, keeping it down. And obviously like we've been in like full sun all, all spring so far. Mm. We've had one rainy day in months. So yeah. uh, we have hardly any cases in our area, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I no. do miss the beach though. I've been pretending I'm at a beach and laying in my backyard <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. See, we're, we're yes. not even in beach mode yet. So this is, this has been fine for the transition, you know? <laughs> not yeah. This wrong. is like our full beach season. We should be laying on the beach right now yeah 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 exactly Exa- yeah exactly <laughs> it's not so like disgustingly oppressingly hot in florida you no, know right now. it's yeah, gorgeous here yeah time. yeah 
Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like 80s every day. Yeah, well, Beautiful. I mean, I have about 5,000 different plants uh, when this is all said and done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all Chris these is... new, yeah, new gardens. I have my, new, yeah. my chickens. Oh, my God, <laughs> I can't even get over I am like definitely become like oh, a chicken I'm lady like... overnight. I'm excited about those. I, I saw that. They're so adorable. Um, we you... have uh, seven of them. One died right off the bat, but, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, a little. Yeah. But so we've got... I don't know if anybody else there is, is chicken people. I would have had no idea what this is talking about. I'll keep it, I'll keep it quick because it's going to bore the people or chicken people. <laughs> oh, I was so excited. Yeah, so there's Orphingtons and we have Easter eggs and they're the ones who lay oh. the different colored Easter yeah, eggs. And then we have, oh. I just, I couldn't even help myself. I got two silkies. Now silkies are the ones with the big like afros and the feather feet. And like, yes. if you've ever seen Ali, uh, the Ali G show from back in the day when he's on a farm, he's like, look, that one, that one's got feathers on his feet. Why is that one? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, but they yeah, we- all have their own little personalities and I don't know it's yeah yeah so we've got uh Jason named two of them after trailer park boys uh so we've got (laughs) Leahy and Randy Bobandy and then uh, yeah and then Cassidy's named uh she named Twinkle Toes, which is like my favorite Twinkle Toes is so cute um and then Twinkle Toes and Donna (laughs) and then we've got Karen and Diamond and oh, I don't remember the rest of them. We've got some pretty ridiculous names going on there, but yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's good fun. That is um, great. So, Jenny, I'm having, well, I'm psyched to have you co host. You've just kind of like moved in. You're just now your co host here with us, and I love it. It's great. <laughs> I don't even think either one of us are realizing that, but now it's happening and it's fantastic. So, Jenny, you had spoken to me about your friend Roger and Roger Patterson. And so when Roger and I spoke as well, and what's beautiful about our community is that now I can consider him my friend as well. So you, yeah, so you you told me all about Roger and we're going to be speaking to him today. Yay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great guy. So <laughs> welcome, Roger, to Female Centrics. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, doing doing okay today. Hi, Roger. Hey, Jenny. How are you? Good. Awesome. That's great. So, Roger, you are located down south, and you were saying while we were kind of on hold here that you were sort of in the in the 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 wake of the tornado and the the storms down there. Has everything been is all around you kind of getting mucked up, or how's things going with you down there? Yeah, in my immediate area, we're we're doing okay. It's just that some of these surrounding areas, 10, 20, 30 miles away, and kind of all points around. There's been there's been some damage, and of course, even as you know, as far up as Nashville, with within the last couple of months, it's just it's just that time of the year where this part of the country likes to get completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, are you originally from the south? Uh, originally from Texas, but have been um, in the North Alabama area for the last 30 years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So my mom's from Arkansas. And so I always consider myself half Southern. So I was raised on right. raised on all the, the good food and, and whatnot. Um, we still have a farmhouse down there. Um, and Jenny, you're down, down that way too, but you're not really dealing with uh, big storms like that though, are you? No, this time of year we really don't get that leg of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They they that stops like in like northern Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's usually pretty nice down here this time of year. Yeah. So Roger, when I introduced you, I was I I talked about the fellowship for a minute, and I think I just killed the exactly what it. Can you explain exactly what the fellowship is? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, like, sober, dur, I'm like, it just didn't come out right at all. <laughs> you did all right. You really did. Like, okay. we'll, we'll let it pass. Oh, good, um, good. Never mind. <laughs> not, you know, the the fellowship is, is you know, first and foremost, uh, in its formal sense, it's, it exists at the shows. So it's the group of people at the shows that are, you know, choosing to remain drug and alcohol free. Um, beyond that, um, so away from the shows, the majority of the people that participate, most of them are in some kind of recovery program and most of them live, you know, a, a life of abstinence. Um, 
So, you know, we're, you mentioned AA and we are, you know, absolutely not affiliated with that program, mm-hmm. even though a lot of the members do attend that program or, or make that as part of their personal life. But, you know, the fellowship as a whole is even more simpler than something like AA. It's, it's got one very primary purpose and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a niche fellowship of people that are in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is probably one of the most dynamic and important groups of people on this planet in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's back this up a little bit. And um, can you share with us your fish story? How did you find fish? How'd you get into all this? Oh, um, that probably starts off while I was working my way into becoming a fellowship member. Okay. Um, so there was, you know, just a decent college party scene, high school party scene, and, and just, um, you know, a lot of exploring back in those days. This would be the early and mid-90s. Okay. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, managed to somehow make it off to down to Mobile, Alabama. That was University of South Alabama. And um, made it down there in 97. And so there was... There was just a, a group of people that I hung out with that were big about traveling and big about shows and fish was playing in Atlanta. And, um, I was there, you know, that's how it started. It was a Lakewood show. Nice. I think that was in 98. And, um, the next night we made it up to Raleigh. So, uh, those first those two shows, shows were, yeah, yeah. There was, um, wait a minute. Was I that the was summer of 97? Show, there was a, a running with the devil. Ooh. And um, and I thought that was that was pretty neat. Um, and an Albuquerque as well, which is something that just doesn't get thrown around a whole lot anymore. But um, they played you know, they, they were fun shows. Oh, oh no, the, no, no, the song. song ah, ah, gotcha. See, I don't even know that song. I'm not even familiar with that. Is that not? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's you know that's how I got into it. It was um, it was living a fast life, and fish happened to yeah. fall right in the middle of it. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel? Did, were you hooked right away? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I think the first night was a lot of processing. Um, I think there was a lost wallet involved that first night as well. <laughs> Welcome to the fam. Yeah. As there should be. Right? Yeah, there was, among other things that were lost that night. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but the next night there was a little bit of composure regained and, um, and it was at Walnut Creek and, you know, it's just such an iconic Southern fish show venue. And, um, it was, it was an amazing, amazing two days there and yeah, just completely hooked. Um, having had done quite a few widespread panic shows before, and that's, that's really easily living in the part of the country that I live in, especially Mm -hmm. in the nineties. And, um, you know, it's just kind of out trying something different. And uh, cool. definitely found what I was looking for. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, wh- so what is your background? Because you know, obviously, you had trouble with drugs and alcohol. I mean, that's you know, when we're talking about like the fellowship piece. But you know, you you've been able to get yourself into the pit of the, and take you know, was it authorized photos of fish? So, what are you a photographer is that your background did you go to school for that or how did you get your way into into that that piece um i'm gonna go um so i got clean in 2001 and uh, of course we know there was very little fish happening then um you know very little over the next couple of years and um oh three and oh four fish um were still some years that i was really more heavily focused on my recovery and mm-hmm. didn't see any fish um in that 2.0 era um, i didn't see much there during that time either yeah yeah there was i mean there was you know that was i was like i got clean when i was about 23 years old and wow. um it felt like it was a really late start you know i had i had friends that had already graduated college with bachelor's degrees and were already married with children by the time they were 23 and here i was feeling like like the like a loose fledgling but you know looking at it today it seems like it's really young to kind of get your shit together but right um yes you know so that is young for, for a lot of different Thanks, reasons. Roger. You're um, really making us yeah. feel good about ourselves. Sorry. <laughs> um, so fast forward um, nine years into 2012 and um, was at uh, the Deer Creek uh, Summer Tour shows in 2012 mm-hmm. and um, was actually standing at the fellowship table 
Um, and a guy, and, and I'll drop his name here in a minute, but we, we all know who he is now. Um, then no one did. Um, he was a Midwest Indiana guy, and he walked up to me at the table, and he was like, hey, I'm one of y'all. And he had a camera in his hand, and, and he said, um, he said, I, one of the people here at Deer Creek venue, like, gave me a photo pass, and what do you think about these photos? And he just had a little point and shoot, you know, a little simple digital camera, but there they were some great photos. And, um, and I told him, I said, man, I've got a good friend named Clayton Roberts, um, him and a guy named Dale Taylor involved with this media outlet called Jams Plus Media. And I said, they're, you know, they're always looking for photographers and people to cover shows. And, and um, I was like, I, I need to put y'all two together and, um, and make this happen. And so I was kind of already plugged in with some of the media stuff. There was another guy that, that was on the scene for a while shooting and, and um, his name is David Sheehy, mm-hmm. uh, great photographer. And I would do a little bit of work with him, travel to a couple of festivals with him and, and work on some of the journalism, some of the writing about concerts ah. and not so much the photography part. But um, mm-hmm. so so this this gentleman that I met in, in Indiana, it, it it worked out real well. He paired up real well with, with our outlet jams plus media. And, and uh, that guy's name was Keith Griner. Um, Keith is, you know, I think one of the, the best concert photographers in the world right mm. now, and has certainly made a hell of a name for himself and his recovery is making that possible too. And Keith really kind of took me under his wing and, and, and showed me a lot. And, and just, just four or five months later after those shows was the first time I was shooting shows right at the end of 12 or early part of 2013. I think, I think it was a Jimmy Herring show. It was the first time I ever shot anything. And then it was an Umphrey show. And, mm. you know, and then it was summer camp in 2013. And then it, it just took off. And um, 2015, Fish finally gave me an opportunity to, to shoot for them. And that was the Tuscaloosa shows. And, and how, you know, it's been about, how did Fish, oh, that's yeah, great. how did that happen? Yeah. How did Fish give you that opportunity? What was the... Um, so, you know, to, to be real, working through Fish's publicists and, and their various, you know, media management that they use, um, from 13 through 15, there was a lot of denied opportunities to shoot. Um, yeah. There was a lot of unanswered emails. There was a lot of phone calls that didn't get a call back. You got to keep at it. Yep, I hear you. There was a... Yeah, Fish is an extremely uh, guarded entity. Mm-hmm. Um and, and whereas the, the, the four members themselves are really behave and act one way and just send everybody in the photo pit. Right. Um, the people that manage fish are not like that. And so um, it's a tough net. It's a tough net to get caught into. It really is. But then, like, once you're in, as long as you do what you're supposed to do, you know, you're, you're good to go. And so um, that very first show shooting, then that was in 2015 and, and was very nervous. Um, very, very, very nervous. They... You get 15 minutes and, and that's it. Yes. And there's no redo and there's no, yeah. you know, there's no asking Trey or Paige to stand or pose. You know? <laughs> yeah. it, it, it all has can to be do done. That again? Yeah. yeah can, right? you, can you just turn one more time? <laughs> I missed it. Lighting is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How did so, you do and, the first show? Um, I mean, I don't like looking at those photos today. <laughs> but, Interesting. Um, now, why is that? What does it make it? What have you learned? Since those versus say now, like, what is it that you don't like looking at uh, about that? Uh, well, like I've got a, uh, you know, I've got an online gallery, a, a smug mug account where I host all my pictures okay. and, and I have since deleted lots of those first plug that not what, just fish, but, where but can other see bands. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I'm self-taught. I'm, I'm YouTube taught. I'm self-taught. I'm, I'm run around, take a thousand pictures taught. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't formally learn anything. I didn't formally train under anyone. Um, so and when you say you I, were self-taught, how did you do, how did you do that? Um, a lot of reading, a lot of lurking online, mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, um, bouncing back to a guy named David Sheehy. He he would tell me we'd go to shows together, and he would photograph, and I would write for him, and I would take pictures with my phone. He would say, "Dude, you always take really good cell phone pictures." And um, mm-hmm. actually, in 2011, when my first son was born, David sent me a box of all of his starter camera equipment wow. and said congratulations on fatherhood here is a camera and multiple lenses you're going to want this for your son and so that was you know actually where some of the real start got going um david david has quit photographing concerts since then but um you know so 
it's you just you see yourself grow um I, there's mm-hmm. there's photos that I'm embarrassed when I look at now but it's just from a lack of skill it's just from a lack of experience you know yeah. it's not something that I would showcase to anyone today yeah. um I do look at it I guess from like a humility perspective though of like well look mm-hmm. where you come from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'm um, I would say I'm an amateur photographer as well <laughs> with my iPhone you know and, and yeah yep and there's uh uh, app I use called Photo Toaster Junior. Um, I've used okay. this app for like eight, nine years probably. So I like I've gotten to know it really well. And um, but I have my dad's like regular camera, like his camera from the seventies, like a really awesome all the bells and whistles to it, but it's film camera. And I've heard that you right. can take those and change them over to digital. Is that a thing? Um, there are some cameras out there. I, for the most part, people didn't have a lot of success with that, and they really? found it easier to just build DSLR bodies and, and processors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because um, I really wanted and, to do that. And what you would yield, you know, the the end product of of transforming one of those older bodies like that, it, it the time and money you would spend in it, it would still be relatively out of date, ah. comparatively speaking, to what's what's available. And for what's available for what you spend today. So. Yeah, yeah. What do you use? What is your make and model? Um, I I shoot Nikon, and um, it's a it's a full frame body. It's a D seven fifty. Um, it's a sealed body, and uh, you know, really good ISO settings. So mm-hmm. that's your light sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so concert settings being the absolute worst lighting shooting conditions of any kind of photography out there. Mm. Um, you want something that has the best light sensitivity, the most pixels, um, anything that can grab the most light out of the air. Is that what Renee uses? And, um, I believe Renee shoots Canon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, but, you know, he's using professional sealed bodies as well. He's a little little higher caliber uh, than what I shoot with. And financially, I'm sure he's able to do that. Yeah, but. right. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine too. Um, so uh, yeah. let's talk about being sober at a fish show. Um, let's do it. Yeah, I feel like that's something. You know, I'll tell you a little bit my, about my path. So, I've I've been, I've kind of dabbled in most most things. Uh, to me, not the big bad ones. Not the you know for me the big bad ones are like the the heroin, the crack. You know those are. The, I've never tried any of that kind of stuff. And not to say you know any. It depends on what you how you look at it and what you do and all that kind of stuff. But for me, in my own sense, you know, I've dabbled here and there with 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 you know things off and on. And it's like back in the day, I would drink a little bit more. And now there's no like I want nothing to do with drinking at a show because not only does it throw mm-hmm. my balance off, but I have to pee all the time, and then it just screws everything up. Um, I, t- I tend to like things that you know help out with the the head and the openness of of that space. Um, but, but I'll tell you, you know, a lot of shows that I've been completely sober at are the best as well. And because you actually really feel and experience the high of the music and, and whatnot. Um, but you know, I feel like fish is kind of have, has that like, mm, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Hang on a second. The, the, um, bat, um, not the background, but the. I know people think you have to get all fucked up in order to see him and enjoy him, you know? Um, and Definitely. yeah, yeah. And, and, and I even think, you know, a lot of people in our community feel that way as well. And it's not, that hasn't been my truth, you know? Um, so yeah. So I don't know uh, Jenny, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, your experience with the, with this and has fellowship been part of your, yeah. your life at shows or Yeah. No. Um, so, so I was never, I am an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and I, um, but, but I did the same thing with shows. Like I never chose to, um, I never like went into, um, shows drunk. Yeah. I knew enough. Yeah. I didn't want to, um, not remember the show and I didn't want to have to pee or be hungover during the show or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I chose to go in other directions with like a mind altering situation. Mm-hmm. So when I chose to get sober and to go alcohol free, 
luckily shows it, it wasn't that much of a challenge for me. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I haven't, you know, had to like reach out to like the fellowship because I, I was never really, um, you know, having drinks during shows. Gotcha. But, gotcha. um, but yes, yeah, since I, um, chose to just clean up on other levels at shows, my experience has been, it's just been like mind blowing. Mm. I am so excited to be in the show. I'm so excited to hear everything that they put together and play for us. And I'm just much more appreciative of every note that is played right now. I can't even quite describe it. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, taking out other substances was really like a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I um, have reached out, you know, the fellowship, the, um, you know, the, the group online has been super, super instrumental in making, um, setting an example for me mm -hmm. on that, that that's possible. I really never knew people were at the shows, not, um, you know, um, I don't even know how to say it. I, um, I didn't know people were sober like that. It shows. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know it was a thing. Mm. <laughs> So, Roger, what was your journey going into this? Like, if, if what and whatever comfort level you're obviously, well, you know, that you'd like to share as far as uh, getting sober and being within the scene and whatnot. And, and yeah. Well, um, you know, and I had, I had mentioned panic earlier. Um, mm -hmm. In 2001, um, was was doing a little bit of some of their Southern summer tour and um, the wheels fell all the way off, like completely off the rails, um, at a panic Oak mountain show, July 29th, 28, 27, 28, 29th. Mm -hmm. And, um, kind of a formidable weekend in, in panic history. That was a weekend that like a few thousand people got in trouble and arrested and sent to jail. And I was what? among, um, that large group of people. And, and that weekend was just, you know, the, the bottoms had been hit a few times already by this point, but that was for some reason, that was a turning point bottom. Um, that was one where I decided not to dig further. And, um, so I got clean. Um, that was July 30th, 2001. And, um, so I, you know, I, I remember, um, I guess I had about a year and a panic announced, um, there was issues with Mikey and, um, you know, his health wasn't looking good. And then he was, you know, he soon passed away. And oh, really? in the fall of 2002, George, when they brought him on as guitarist, um, they decided to tour again. And so, um, they actually came to my hometown here in Huntsville. And, um, I had a family friend that I had grown up with and partied with for a lot of years. And he had gotten sober, uh, about two years before I did. And, he was like, Hey man, you know, we would see each other at meetings and he was like, Hey, you know, panic's coming back. You know, they got a new guitarist. They're going to be here in Huntsville. What do you, you know, what do you think about Cohen? And I was terrified. And he was like, you don't understand. He was like, we kind of adopted this thing like the Warf Rats had at dead shows. And we've got this table mm. um, that's called the gateway. And yeah. um, we've got this table with volunteers and people in recovery and they have like a meeting and set break. And, um, just just come with me and, and he talked me into it and and so you know i had about 15 months clean and uh, my girlfriend and i at the time um we decided to go and we went with this friend of mine and we walked right into a show and there was a table um and there was just this instant anxiety yeah and security at the exact same time i don't know if, Did if, you it's, say if it's anxiety easy, and easy. security Anxiety and security at the exact yeah, same time. You know, yeah. it's like you're feeling really spaced out, but also like really trustworthy at the same time. Very odd feeling, very difficult to describe. I, I don't recommend people spending too much time in that feeling, but, um, <laughs> you know, made it through that first show. And so, um, you know, I, I participated pretty heavily with the Gateway group. So that's Panics group. That was a lot of 02 through, through 08. And, um, you know, when, when, the fellowship had always had a, a listserv on Yahoo groups. And, um, you know, this was before Facebook got big and, and certainly before Facebook groups. And so that's where the fellowship lived. 
um, was was uh, in the .NET, the Fish.NET community, and the Yahoo Groups community. Mm-hmm. And so I was always seeing these emails from like 07 and 08, but there would only be like 10 or 12 a year. There'd be people every once in a while would post about, you know, kind of how sad that Fish isn't around and how they enjoyed it in their early recovery. And, you know, when Hampton was announced in 09, that list blew up from like 100 people to like 600 people. Yeah, yeah. And then after Hampton, the the hype was so high. Well, did like, you did you guys they, set up anything at Hampton? No, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to Hampton. Sure. Um, I had work stuff. I had I was running a business at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, so when 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 Summer Tour was announced, that Yahoo Groups went from like you know, and don't quote me on these numbers exactly, but it was like six or seven hundred people, and it went to like fifteen hundred. Wow. And it just blew up. And this was before Summer Tour even started. The hype in the recovery community for fish to come back was electrifying. Um, I've got goosebumps right now just recalling what that listserv looked like. And so um, 09 was my first introduction to a table of fish. And you know, by then I had eight years clean. And um, it's my first fish show in, since 99. And um you know, it was, mm. but having had experience with the gateway, um, I, I kind of had an idea of what it was going to be like, but immediately what I noticed is there was like a hundred people at that meeting and this was Deer Creek in 2009. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I'd been to plenty, hundreds of 12 step meetings and never seen that many people at it. And this was, yeah, you know, the at a fish show, there was a hundred people standing there. Of course. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was, that was my intro to the fellowship and it was all this Yahoo I mean, there's a lot of old school members now that, that really pay homage to the Yahoo group. And it was a very iconic piece of communication for our group for a long time until Facebook groups was developed. Do you now do you find that those um, uh, those uh, intermission meetings, are they just as big or do you feel that 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 big piece of that 09 because there was this hiatus where kind of we all were forced into getting our shit together one way or another, you know, in, in some mm-hmm. ways, you know. Right. And so do you feel like uh, coming back in 09 that that was something that was really essential for a lot of people to be able to come back and acclimate into the scene and, and figure it out sort of sober? 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so a lot had changed in 09 from 2003 and 4. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, by 04. Oh, yeah. Or from 04 to 09, like so many people in the fish community had now gotten onto social media <clears throat> where communication was faster. But we could also see the results of hanging out and socializing in concerts and recovery. We could see it online a lot easier than like a Yahoo message board. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that's going to generate hype. You know, social media has played a humongous part in people's fish experience and their recovery experience and oh, yeah. their normal life experience. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, the tables were huge mm. and it really never has died down since 09. I mean, I remember when we started the Facebook group, now the, the, the Yahoo group was probably over 1500 members, but the Facebook group only had like 80 and now there's over 6,000. Oh, that's awesome. And it, you know, it's amazing, it's, Don. It's, mm-hmm. it's really supportive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a group now. And, and so, but ironically, the Yahoo message group has pretty much gone just total crickets you know there's there's very Mm -hmm. little activity on there um but the facebook group i think is a real good indicator what hype is what the membership what the support is there's you know now it's it's nothing that whether it's summer or fall tour it's nothing to have 100 plus people at that set break meeting wow and so is there one person that's in charge and runs it? Like I, I, so I grew up going to AA meetings cause, uh, my grandmother was like the queen of AA. So I grew up, you know, a, a little, I remember underneath the tables, it's tons of cigarettes, <laughs> cigarette smokes and coffee and the people up there telling their horror stories. And, you know, I, for the most part, I'm fine with alcohol. I've had some times where I've, you know, had to sort of question myself a little bit here and there. And I cannot bring myself to get to a meeting. I'm just not, I don't know. It scares me too much. But I guess also, too, I, I you know, I've have always been able to check myself before I get to that point. But um, mm-hmm. just being raised around it my whole life, you know, so so. Uh, so I can't remember exactly. Is there one person sort of in charge of the whole thing or is it a lot different than 
I mean, obviously, people aren't coming up there and telling their stories, right? Or is how does how does a meeting go at, at Setbreak? Well, a meeting at a show is it's to be honest with you, it's difficult. I mean, generally, we're placed pretty close to the water wheel tables. Yeah. Um, you know, an indoor fall show, a meeting is really hard at Setbreak. There's so many people walking by. It's it's loud. We're we're constantly telling people to speak up when they share. An outdoor summer show meeting, it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people can spread out a little bit more. There's there's plenty of venues, Madison Square Garden, Charleston. There's, there's tons of indoor venues where I can think of. When we circle up at the end of the meeting, we block the entire hallway. People can't even walk by. Mm. Oh, wow. um, but at some of the summer you know, some of the, the summer amphitheater venues, like there's, there's just, there's more room, but no, there, there's not one person that runs it. I mean, we, we have kind of a, um, Paige who is, uh, Paige Clem Segler, whatever she's going by currently her last <laughs> name right now. She's, you know, she's highly credited with a lot of the organization, a lot of that beginning hype and a lot of that beginning organization of making meetings happen. And, and we still call her mama page today and, mm-hmm. you know, but we've got a lot of people that, that work with website stuff and with treasury and with band liaison and with table coordinators. And there's actually a lot of moving parts to the organization. Um, so, you know, and, and we take that, we kind of adopt that from some of the recovery programs that operate the same way. You know, it's, it's, you have a, a body of people willing to be of service mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you have a body of people that care about it deeply. Yeah, exactly. And I would um, imagine that kind of helps, not kind of, that helps them stay true to, to where they need to be um, at a show as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of accountability, put it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've had our trials and tribulations like any organization would. We've had our wrists slapped multiple times and we've done things that, you know, that fall under the fellowship name that we're not real proud of. And, you know, we're, we're a body of people that are trying to grow and trying to recover too. And, um, you know, so, so the organization grows as well. Um, and we grow from pain just like an individual does, just like I have in my own recovery. Mm -hmm. It's very well-meaning though. And it's very supportive. It's amazing. Like you can, you can literally like, I don't like to go to meetings. Um, I just don't, I don't know why. But I can get on the fellowship in the middle of the day and just read some of the stories and some of the sharing, and it completely helps me ah. um, stay on track. And you're saying with the, like, when you're saying that, are you saying about Facebook, or are you saying is there a different group for people who aren't on Facebook? Where is that? Where can people find these? Um, just on Facebook, just I believe. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably that's, that's going to be like is Yahoo nine... in business. <laughs> Yeah, so the group, the Yahoo group is the, the, the email is actually still around. Um, and we do actually still have a website, fellowship.net. I, you, you know, I actually, checked it out. Yeah. Yeah. You can actually still post messages through there. Um, it's just, I mean, that's practically dinosaur it in terms it. of communication. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and there's now there's subgroups of the fellowship you have. Uh, Jenny and I are both in a, in a fitness group for people that are just in the fellowship. Um, we have, yeah, it's cooking, awesome. mm-hmm. there's cooking groups, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, and fish has not, the fish community has never lacked having subculture of subculture of subculture. Yeah. And that same thing happens in the recovering community too. Yeah. Now has Trey I really ever enjoy been the workout Go page. It, the workout page. I would imagine that would be, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that, and again, on that's on Facebook. That's a Facebook group, correct? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. Now, has Trey been involved in any of this? Early or... days, Trey had had a pretty a pretty supportive hand. He really did. There was, you know, there's some there's some nice heartfelt stories of Trey saying, "I just wish that I could walk out to that table during set break." Oh, um, he's he's made that comment to a couple of people a couple of times. And yeah. You know, obviously chaos would ensue and um, he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to get the fellowship experience that he actually wants. You know, unfortunately, we're not that mature, but, um, you know, but the band is very supportive um, and multiple people in the fish organization are very supportive. And, and, you know, fish doesn't own this, the, the, the lockdown on this. There is recovery groups behind many, many, many bands in this community and 
and nearly every one of the bands are very supportive. Umphreys is one that's extremely supportive of their clean and sober crew. And, mm. Um, you know, I, I mean, love Umphreys. Yeah, yeah, and and it's the just jellyfish. The jellyfish for string cheese, and you know, and the, oh, the biscuits have groups, and you know, it's it's wide. There's probably twenty different bands out there that have representation at shows, mm-hmm. and um. Well, and I think that's really important yeah, so, because, you know, with, with all these bands have the reputation of being drug bands, you know, and sure. and so I think it's really important that that, uh, you know, groups like Fellowship and, and you're saying Gateway for the Gateway, ga- for Canada, yep, the right? Gateway and then Wharf Rats for the Dead and whatnot um, is there and and to support people because you know it's a scary thing it's a scary thing to get sober it's a scary thing to get to the point where you feel like you mm-hmm. need to do that first of all and then second of all to walk into your first you know first experience with anything that you're doing after you're addicted to it in a mm-hmm. yeah you know and like you know for me my, like uh the one thing i've had to, i've struggled with is is cigarettes okay so i quit for 7 years and i just picked them back up last fall it just because i broke my golden rule can't ever have one can't ever have one and i did and 4 days ago i quit again and so right. yeah so awesome. but i'm i'm sitting here and i have a twizzler in my hand and and <laughs> it has the same pull as a cigarette and it may sound silly but but it's one of those things it's like okay well like i'm going to get my car soon and then I, that's when i'm going to want one or you know there's stress there's a pandemic i need a cigarette like no you know yeah. you just have to break those addictive uh attachments you know and and well and something you said earlier the you know fear plays such a major part in that there's Mm -hmm. you know there's you think fish this awesome thing this awesome experience but there's a lot of people that are fishing that are completely terrified to be in their own skin Mm. they they feel that they have to add some kind of substance to that to that shield create that that kind of body condom Mm -hmm. um in order in order to experience it you know and and I, you know, not that anyone is better than anyone, every, every place in life, but but experiencing a show without anything covering up your emotions is extremely raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, for me, this is my experience, it is very real. Um, there's, I feel it, you know, I, I can, I've cried during shows because I've been clean at them. I'm, just going to say I that. I goosebumps at shows and I remember it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I just think about, everyone is, is so in tune with what is fish doing? What did they say? What kind of shirt is Paige wearing? What kind of pants or scarf is Mike got on? And mm-hmm. like, I never paid attention to that kind of shit mm. when I was partying, you mm-hmm. know, and now I can, I can remember things. But one thing I think about all the time is, is being clean and sober at a show is I'm, I'm very, my awareness of the people around me is way higher than normal. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. I tend to kind of be looking out for people that, that, are getting a little too spun out, you know, and kind of, maybe that's the dad in me yeah. that comes out when I'm, when I'm at shows and I see people getting, um, over-serving themselves hardcore. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it, I get worried about that, you know? And, and I think like, man, if you just gave yourself a chance to feel this show without that, mm-hmm. like you might remember that tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's and, just, you know, and it's about being safe. It shows, too. We've got a very big problem in our community, unfortunately, with um, women being treated very misappropriated shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's very obvious that substances adds to that, mm-hmm. adds to that to that danger factor. And, you know, so I, I hate seeing that kind of stuff. It shows. And, and, and I think, you know, inhibitions are lower. People are kind of spun out and people are making decisions that they wouldn't normally make. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be a deterrent. It shows too, because you're hyper aware of every thing going. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, you know, I would say it was a uh, all good festival, two th- uh, two thousand eleven, summer of two thousand eleven, um, and it was maybe like I don't know nine thirty, nine by nine o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. Sun was already up. Breakfast stands were open, and that kind of thing, and and there was these two girls that were they're going back to the tent beat be, i mean clear as day heat exposure wicked fucked up they were 
train wreck. And and I was really worried about them going back and dying in their tent, seriously, from from heat exposure oh, and whatnot. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And and so they were walking back and I was like, I'm like, can I help you? Do you want and this girl was like, Who the fuck are you? Like just real young, all slurry and stuff. And I'm like, honey, I'm just somebody who cares about you. I've been doing this for a long time and you need water and not to be in your tent overheated right now. Like this right. is and it was just this like and so they kind of stumbled their way up the tent and I went over there was a med person that were driving by and I was like can you just keep an eye on those girls because this is how kids die this is how we die absolutely you, you know you don't think about it you've been up partying all night you haven't had one drip of water and then you go in your tent go to sleep and you don't wake up again it's crazy it's crazy 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 you just have to be super safe and and so for us who have either backed off of as many substances as we used to take back in the day or are totally sober Mm -hmm. and are paying attention to what's going around us with either people our age or the younger uh new you know crew coming in you know it is Mm -hmm. it is okay for us to say hey are you okay do you need help even if you're going to get backlash because really who gives a shit (laughs) you know like (laughs) the worst you could do is piss off some kid who doesn't want to hear it or help some kid who might not realize they need to hear it I feel like it's even just with age as well, like with maturity, you see things and you're like, holy shit, it's all I do is worry sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, a, you know, I mean, we're, I'm 41 and, you know, a lot of the fan base is over the age of 35. And so, you mm-hmm. know, you've got, you've got business owners out in the crowd and you've got parents out in the crowd. Hell, we have grandparents Absolutely. out in the crowd. Yeah. Now. Yes. And, um, <laughs> You know, so I, things are different. I mean, I, for one, feel lucky to have made it through those years and, you know, able to see Fish now in a completely different line and see all music. And then obviously getting to photograph the band, too, is, is just a, a, another blessing. But um, thank, thank God we all survived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's real talk right there. But uh, because I'm sure both it. of you have had friends that yeah. have not, you know, my boy Timmy didn't Absolutely. make it. My boy Jesse didn't make it. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. There's lots of uh, it's like a lot of loss in the 90s. Yeah. 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 For me, it was and like, we've, seen, yeah. we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot with the opioid situation mm-hmm. in the fish communities and even in the fellowship community the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of loss, and um, and really could just name former fellowship members could probably rattle off names for five to ten minutes straight. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know. know, so a, a lot of times, a lot of times when at a show, one of the feelings that's there is a lot of gratitude, and um, a lot of like knowing that like you know some of them didn't make it, you know some of us have followed suggestions and we're here and we're able to do this in what we feel is the right way, mm-hmm. and and um and walk away from it and drive away and not drive down, you know, the wrong way down a street and not mm. be getting pulled over after the show and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. God. Mm. Um, all right. We are going to take a quick break and then I want to come back and just close the, uh, the show out with um, a song. I just found out that, Trey and Tom, well, Tom wrote um, years ago. Do you know that there is a uh, somewhat of an end of the world song that Tom wrote many years ago called Corona? No. Just no. found out about that today. So we're going to take a quick break and, and we'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, and we are continuing our discussion with our guest, Roger Patterson, and co-host, Jenny Lamberto. We have oh, hey. been really talking a lot about the 
fellowship and Roger's uh, photography within the fish community and uh, sort of moving into closing out this podcast. So I'll tell you today I was interviewed by a different podcast and today the or the podcast that I was interviewed by is called Bariga Pod and uh, the reason why these guys wanted to interview me is because I made the bold claim. Okay, you heard it here first on Female Centrics. We've officially entered 4.0. There, I said it. I'm dropping it. Boom. No. I fucking oh, dropped no. it. I don't want to hear it, you guys. No. No. I'm telling you, this is what happened. <laughs> and next they year. Did not take a break. <laughs> no, let's, let's argue and fight, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what we're more comfortable with. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh i got all kinds of shit yeah we're still 3.0 yeah 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 whatever anyway i got all kinds of shit from this post except for this one amazing dude who was like yes i feel the same way come on my podcast and so i went to this podcast and talked to him about it which was really cool um oh i know i know well i'm gonna tell you my reasoning behind this so um, i feel like the whole world has gone on hiatus okay which is okay that's separate from the fish world but um but i I don't think we're gonna have a summer tour i don't i think it would i I just don't and i feel like with the brand new songs that tom has been writing and trey's been putting out as well as the sigma oasis and how different that is from any other fish album ever put out i feel like the big combo of this all that's that's my say i say we're in 4.0 right now crickets yeah. crickets no nothing <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna lovingly disagree <laughs> okay tell um, me about your thoughts because yeah. i'm obviously here's, here's the flag here's the flag i'm gonna throw at it is that you know one and 2.0 were both decided by the band and you know this is something that you know i i, I do not they're forced into it. I don't think they would, I don't think they would be deciding to not tour had this not happened. And I think that in in and of itself is what throws the flag at any kind of new decimal gathering. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's been a really interesting bait that's been fun to watch and read online. Um, I I just, I, I can't go there. I mean, these guys are producing an album, you know, they still haven't canceled yet. Yes. I don't think we're going to see any shows, um, this summer, um, but but I just don't I just don't know that that's hiatus material. But hey, that's that's just me. Hey. I agree. There you go. It was not a decision that they made, and um, it was taken from everybody, and it was taken from them. I just don't think that it's a new phase. I think that they're going to stay in like that 3.0, just creating new music. Yeah, yeah. Going in different directions. Who who makes this claim, by the way, besides me? <laughs> <laughs> I if think you, you're the one. You, <laughs> no, if you spend some time in the Addicted to Fish Facebook group, you're gonna see it in there. Um, All right, people talking about it on the regular. See, yeah, you'll see them getting shamed quite. Oh, a bit, I know. I was there. completely shamed by my, my disclaimer. But. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the truth: is even if it wasn't a, you know, like there's still a large part of the fan base that's never going to want to accept that yeah. and will fight it no matter what. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But and anyway, my, my, my point with being is I was on this, on this podcast, we were talking about them today. And what I found out is that there is a song called Corona. Not only Crazy. is there a song called Corona, but it's kind of about the end of the world in a way. And so right before we started this, the podcast recording with you guys, I texted Tom because I was like, um, the song Corona you wrote? He's like, yeah. I said, the lyrics are a bit on point. Have you been revisiting this one? Have you have you been revisiting that one? And he said that uh, Trey and I talked about it. It's more of a celestial event than a pandemic. And I said, yeah, end of the world, theme of sorts, though. You guys are always ahead of the game with the universe, it seems. He said, thanks. Definitely end of the world uh, apocalypse and uh totally nailed the name (laughs) so um the only time this song was played ever was at in chicago the norley island shows um of july 15th 17 were either one of you there nope nope 
Um, is this when the know, words go away? Uh, no, the song is actually called Corona. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. Wow. I know, right? And it was, let me just see real quick. Yep. It opened up the second scent. It was a six minute long song. And I have still have not listened to it. We're going to use that song as kind of yeah. the opener and, and whatnot during right now. But um, <clears throat> it's interesting. The lyrics, I'm going to read you the lyrics right now. Um, awesome. All right. So where is the line? that I find from time to time, no matter where it's drawn, I stumble on and fall down hard. When the sunspots all go uh, bunsen and the ozone layer burns, when all of this is over and the hydrogen returns, are you going to see me? How are you going to know? Will we stay together when the molten plasma flows? When Corona touches ocean and the judgment comes at last, when all of this is over and the future meets the past, Suddenly the sky is gone. The stars are out tonight. Are you going to see me? Do you swear you'll hold on tight? When the sunspots all go bunsen and the ozone layer burns when all of this is over. What? <laughs> what? Right? <laughs> and see, I hear a giant recovery message in that. Well, I'm, uh, I'm hearing a... Yes. I'm hearing a bottom, a bottom, a coming to, a realizing he was at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing a couple of different things what, in there. Yes, and I'm going to tell you right now because in fish.net, <clears throat> they say, so the end of the world is a metaphor that many, many people can relate to, but it carries special meaning of those who struggle with substance abuse. Uh, with substance abuse. Uh, addicts and alcoholics know the feeling of helplessness that pervades when uh, getting drunk and high becomes the center of existence. To begin... Play, uh, to begin Sorry, to begin re- recovery, something must be must take the place of drugs and alcohol. For those who follow the twelve step program, that um, the thing is uh, the thing is higher power. So, how will I know that something good remains when the whole world falls apart? Because I have faith in something greater than the world and greater than myself. Which I read that right before we started this too, and I was like, synchronicity, <laughs> wow. right? Some crazy shit. It's powerful. I know. I know. Yeah. So, so I was talking the the um, uh, guy I was talking to today for the podcast. Ro, hang on, I want to make sure I got his name right. Um, I'm gonna say his name is Roshi. Um, he was was talking about uh how he feels like that's gonna be the opener for the next uh new new song. So that one into down with disease into free and then kind of go from there that's his call that was a pretty good call make sure you check out to it yet yeah i know we're gonna hear it make sure you read the words to what tom and trey wrote with uh when the words go away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's some there's some big deep kind of pandemic-ish undertones in there um uh, just just give that a look at it's, it's similar it's very similar to what you were just kind of reading and talking about yeah yeah definitely well i mean and i know that that's one of the songs that that tom has written since the whole epidemic the, the whole pandemic has started too so th- sure. yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense with that um he is really moved with what's going on right now um and just continue to create you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna hear so much great music next year. It's gonna be amazing. I know, and I'd love it. You know, it's the same like, it's the same thing. Like, you know, we had so they did, uh, you know, Casa Fox, and they they did the Ghosts of Forest, and then as soon as mm-hmm. Summer Tour came around, all yeah. of us knew all the words to it, and we we're all super psyched about it. And this is something that does not happen. I feel like mm-hmm. in other fi- in other musical communities, you know, and no, yeah, yeah. So no. we're gonna be all. They created an entire band after Magna Ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not after Magna Ball, after um, Curveball. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> crazy. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, here today. And uh, Jenny, as always, thank you for. coming coming in. I, th- I feel like Jenny, it's not even like an honorary co-host. Now you've made it, what, three episodes? So I think you're an official co-host. It just is what it is. <laughs> you are so awesome. I love you so much. I love much. you so much. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Roger, thank you so much. I everybody. Right? I- <laughs> that was Providence, right? <laughs> yes. yes. I love everybody.
funny. Um, and Roger, <sighs> thank I, you, Roger. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Roger. Yeah, thank both of y'all so much. Mm-hmm. Um, really was looking forward to this and glad we got it done. Maybe we can do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, we will, uh, He's Roger. Super talented. Go check out his stuff. Yes, Roger, plug your things. Where, where do we see your stuff? Uh, well, you know, be sure to check out kind of the, the big effort that we have of multiple photographers and writers. That's at Jam Plus Media. Jam. Uh, my individual stuff is goes by the name of Type 2 Photography. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, it's my Instagram is about exclusively concert photography. So uh, every once in a while, there's a little something else thrown in there. But, yeah, that's that's where I post most of my stuff. And have a great support, great support, especially from the fish community of people that, that uh, for whatever reason, they seem to, to like what I post. Um, so Beautiful. you can check it out there. Yay. Awesome. Fantastic. All right, both of you, thank you so much. And everybody out there, thank you for joining Female Centric's podcast. And if you want to check out more amazing podcasts with music, uh, including Fish and Grateful Dead, uh, and history and culture and all of that, please check out OsirisPod.com. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Thank you. Bye. Later. Bye-bye.